2023 is just around the corner and a bunch of organizations are already getting to work on their MLB draft boards. Let's look at some of the top hitters, top pitchers, and top prepsters on the board. You are Locked On MLB Prospects, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on in to Locked On MLB Prospects, your home for all things minor league baseball. I'm your host, Lindsey Crosby, baseball writer and podcaster. Thank you for making this your first listen every single day. And we're looking at the MLB draft now that we know the order. And we've gotten through the majority of free agency as far as the big name guys coming off the board. Uh, Pittsburgh Pirates have the first pick, followed by the Washington Nationals, Detroit Tigers at three. Rangers at four, Twins at five, and Oakland A's at six. Uh, we're going to look at the top you know, 14, 15 players in the draft, uh, starting off with the hitters. And the consensus number one hitter in the draft and probable top pick is outfielder Dylan Cruz of LSU. Seen as an absolute five-tool talent and uh, had a fantastic freshman year in Baton Rouge, and then sophomore year as well. 18 home runs as a freshman, 22 as a sophomore. And I think his final position when he gets settled as a big leaguer is he's going to be a, like a power-slugging right fielder. He's got a plus arm, speeds above average. You can probably play him in center, but I think the eventual place you'll get him to be will be a plus defender in right field. Uh, offensively, doesn't strike out a ton. And walks plenty. It's probably the closest you're going to find to somebody who can give you plus grades at every with every single tool. Can impact the game defensively. Can impact the game offensively. Clutch hitting. Base running. He's somebody who I expect to move through a minor league system rather quickly. Uh, and is one of probably three options in here to be the number one overall pick. Uh, as one of the better collegiate hitters that's come out as far as complete prospects in the last few years. The other guy that's contending with him to be the number one overall pick, and it just depends on what he does a little bit this year as far as adjusting, is Wyatt Langford, the outfielder from the University of Florida. Uh, he led the SEC with 26 home runs last year, uh, tied a team record, and is seen as a plus hitter with a very, very good approach at the plate. Plus power to all fields. So, you know, you have that premium as far as the power is concerned, uh, but doesn't strike out a ton, still draws plenty of walks, has a good batter's eye, gets above average marks with both power and hit tools. The question about whether or not he would be the number one pick in the draft or not, comes down to defense. He played left field in 2022. Part of that was he was on the same team as Judd Fabian, who was drafted by the Red Sox as a center fielder. But he is moving to center field this year. He has above average speed. The arm is average. But the question was, can he actually play defense in center field? The assumption is, because the arm is just, you know, fringe to average, he probably would be a lefty versus a righty in the bigs. 
But if the arm can show that it's good enough and the defense is good enough to play center field, you then have the potential to for him to not only be a a you know carried by the power tool in the minors, but also equipped enough to play all three defensive positions in a pinch and be an above average defender in either corner versus the projection as of now with him being in left field. So this upcoming season, very important for him as far as what he does on the field, because we believe in the bat. We believe the power is there. We've seen it. Uh, It is a premium power bat. The question is defensively, what exactly can he do? The third, now we're kind of getting to some of the some of the infielders. Jacob Gonzalez of Old Miss is seen as one of the top shortstops available in the draft. Uh, kind of a contact to overpower profile right now. I'd have them both as above average, but the reason why the contact is higher than the power is the power seems to be primarily just on the pull side. Defensively, there's a little bit of questions about whether his best position would be shortstop or third base. He has an above average arm, could play third. Uh, His speed, he's not incredibly fast. I'd put his speed somewhere between fringe to average. So he's not going to steal a ton of bases, but he's good enough instinctually to take extra bags on base hits. To, To play shortstop, the question's going to be, one, his size, and then two, with that speed, do you eventually want him to move to third or technically to second, or are you fine with him sticking at shortstop? And we'll find out more as he continues to physically mature and finishes that up. Uh, Another shortstop, one that we do see could stick at shortstop uh, or move to third, is Jacob Wilson of Grand Canyon, one of the best pure hitters in this entire class. Uh, Seen as somebody, just. 2022, 275 at-bats, walked 25 times, struck out seven. So one of the best pure hitters in the class. The power's the big question here. Um, Didn't hit for a ton of power so far in college. Uh, Very, very good at using the entire field, putting balls in the gaps, but it's very much a line drive power performance versus a home run power performance. Very, very good instincts, both at the plate and in the field. And so it's a situation where defensively, despite only being average speed-wise, he has the instincts to play short. He has the arm to work at third, the good hands to work at second. The question is going to be the power ceiling. Where are you comfortable? Like, Are you comfortable taking a shortstop incredibly high in the draft, knowing that At best, you're looking at fringe to average power production in the pros. The fifth guy, and probably the most exciting one of all of these to watch, uh, is Enrique Bradfield, the outfielder out of Vanderbilt. He is probably the fastest player in all of college baseball, probably the best outfield defender in the entire draft. Stole 47 bags in 2021, stole 46 bags in 2022. Very much that old school leadoff type of hitter, right? Not a not a ton of power in the profile, although he does have some frame to add some muscle. So you could see him ending up as a double-digit home run, 10 to 15 home run guy at his peak. But the big thing in here is he absolutely can uh, get on base, whether it's putting a ball in the gap, 
whether it's walking, whether it's bunting for a hit, very good bunter, but it's something where he rarely expands the zone. He walks just as much as he strikes out and just kind of fits that old school type of leadoff hitter where you get him on any way you can and then he wreaks havoc and he does a lot more than just what the slugging percentage might make you think he can do. So a couple of interesting options. Again, I think Dylan Cruz is probably the first position player taken, but if Wyatt Langford shows he can play a pretty good center field, he might jump Cruz to be the first guy. In just a minute, I want to get to some of the pitchers in the draft. There's some fantastic arms here coming out of college. But first, today's episode is brought to you by our friends at BetOnline. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. You can get the latest odds and trends for every professional amateur league out there. Pro football, obviously we're coming up on week 17 and 18, and then we'll be in the postseason. College bowl season's in full swing. This week's always the best week. But you've got the college football playoff games coming up this weekend. Basketball, NBA, college basketball. They've got everything at BetOnline.net. Uh, It's the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action because BetOnline is where the game starts. Okay, so when we're looking at pitchers in the draft, especially the college pitchers here, uh, I think another candidate to be one of the first, like to be the number one overall pick, and some boards actually have him over Dylan Cruz, is Chase Dollander, right-hand pitcher out of Tennessee. Last year, started 14 games for Tennessee, 79 innings, 2-3-9 ERA, 108 strikeouts to 14 walks. And just about the complete package. Uh, he has a fastball that would probably call, call it a 70 grade, one of the better fastballs, if not the best fastball in this draft. Sits 95 to 97. Uh, it's touched 99. I wouldn't be surprised if it touches 100 this year. He can hold that velocity deeper into games. You'll still see mid-90s, you know, late in the game in fifth, sixth, seventh innings. He's still hitting mid-90s with that. Uh, to go along with that fastball, he's got a plus slider, sits in the high 80s, has a, it's like a tighter sweepy slider, uh, throws, gets a lot of swing and miss off of that. He also has an above average changeup, sits in the upper 80s. Uh, it's got It's got good fade to it. And he has a big curveball in the upper 70s, doesn't really use it a lot, kind of an average pitch, more of a horizontal break than a vertical break on the curveball, but doesn't really use it a lot. Uh, Just tons of command, very athletic, very simple delivery. I'd give him somewhere between above average and plus uh, command and control. And then again, to go along with a 70 grade fastball, and I've seen everything from 65 to 70 grade on that slider. Uh, We don't do comps on this show, but a lot of evaluators compare his arsenal to Jacob deGrom's arsenal to kind of give you an idea of the type of pitcher that he is. Uh, And he's considered to be probably the best college pitching prospect in like a decade. Some of the names that have been thrown up there is like the same, you know, the same caliber of a prospect coming out of college as a Steven Strasburg, a Garrett Cole, those types of very prominent, well-known pitchers. So Chase Dollander. Great option to go at number one overall in the draft. Behind him, right-hand pitcher Paul Skeens of LSU transferred in from Air Force is probably the best two-way player in the draft. Last year, he was the only player in college baseball to have double-digit wins as a pitcher and double-digit home runs as a position player. Plays first base, 
and athletically he's fine at first base. But thing here is just absolute big boy, 6'6", 235. And to go along with that is you get a bunch of power there. Fastball, uh, I've seen it as a 70 grade, 50, uh, 95 to 99. Uh, the slider is a, a high 80s slider, sharp, uh, short break to it. So, you know, a lot of like last minute stuff there. When it's on, not doesn't have the consistency on it that he needs to have. Changeup is a power changeup somewhere around 88 to 91. So not a ton of difference velocity-wise off the fastball, but enough. Uh, it has good fade to it. It is, I want to say, at least an average pitch now. I think it can get to above average before the season's over. The things here... Some of the, cr- the reasons why he's probably not considered the number one pitcher in here is one, Chase Dollander's, like you heard, kind of a generational prospect at pitcher, but also he doesn't have a ton of deception to what he does. You can see the fastball out of his hand pretty early, and it has a very flat approach angle. And so it is entirely possible for hitters, if they're on that fastball, to get that fastball and do damage to it. Uh, he, he has to use the changeup and the slider to keep him off the fastball, despite the fastball being a very good pitch, you can still see it's early enough where you can cheat it. If you're sitting fastball, you can cheat and you can still get to it. So he's got to use sequencing and stuff to get guys off of that and or find a way to get get more deception in the delivery. If you were to just count him as a position player, the assumption is as a first baseman who hits plenty of power, he probably would be in the top five rounds anyway. Uh, but I expect, given the promise of first base, you know, solid defense, despite a little bit of uh, slower speed, I, I do expect teams to keep him as a pitcher, but you do have the option if you want to start off with him being a two-way hitter, you could always do that. Hurston Waldrop, right-hand pitcher out of Florida, uh, is another highly rated college pitcher. It was a transfer from Southern Miss. Uh, and it's something where the fastball, probably 65 grade, so a little bit above plus, but not quite like elite, uh, sits 95 to 99, has a slider, above average slider, kind of a hard breaker, uh, has a changeup that's average, but it's got good sink, good dive to it. And the issues here with Herson Waldrop, 62205, he's got a little bit of, of effort in that delivery. And when you have that extra effort like he does, it kind of leads to command issues and control issues. Uh, It's something where it's absolutely fixable. It's something where you can work on that. You can get it a little better. We have him as a first rounder on the assumption he's going to do that. We know that there's organizations like the Cleveland Guardians who like to take pitchers from Florida and give them that little bit of extra polish because they feel like, Florida doesn't always get those issues ironed out with their pitchers. A guy who does have a lot of his issues already ironed out, right-hand pitcher Rhett Louder from Wake Forest. One of my favorites in the draft. I enjoy watching him. 6'2", 200, really high floor, right? Just a very good, very polished pitcher. Uh, but at 6'2", 200, not a lot of physical projection left. He's done a lot, He's maximized a lot of that physical development he can already do, as a lot of these Wake Forest pitchers do. Uh, has an above average fastball, 92 to 95. He can touch 97 with it, uh, kind of thrown from a three quarter slot. But the big thing here is the changeup. It's the best, probably the best changeup in college baseball, plus pitch, lots of fade. He's comfortable throwing it to both lefties and righties. 
Um, that, you know, you combine the changeup and the changeup movement that you typically see with a fastball that has sync to it. You, you get a guy who is a ground ball machine. And so gets a lot of weak contact, a lot of ground balls. You have a good defense behind him. It's, it feels like a, a, a safer profile as far as the floor is high. I mean, he's got a slider that's average. It, it flashes plus, but it's just not consistent. It doesn't have a ton of horizontal movement to it. So high floor, I don't know what the overall ceiling is. I feel like if there was a third pitch in there, Wake Forest would have already found it. And so I, you know, I, I, I love how well he can repeat the delivery. I love how consistent he is. I love the command of both the fastball and the change. Again, high floor. I just don't quite know what the ceiling is. Kind of feels like he's going to be a mid rotation guy. And absolutely you take that in the, you know, but the question is, do you take that in the top 10 or do you want somebody who has the potential to be a number one or number two? If you're picking in the top 10 or top five. Uh, last pitcher here, kind of a wild card because there's so much unknown here, is Tanner Witt of Texas. 6'5, 215, so big boy, but had Tommy John in February of last year. So a big question about what is his spring going to look like? Is he going to pitch for Texas at all? Is he going to come back? Is he just going to throw bullpens until the draft? What happens this year? But when you look at his arsenal, uh, two plus pitches, the four seam fastball, 92 to 95, touches 97. Uh, curveball, upper 70s, bigger breaking pitch. It's a plus pitch as well. And then changeup, above average, sits in the low 80s, has a lot of fade to it. And then the slider, above average as well, good two plane break. So four pitches that are better than average. But you have the question of where does everything come back? After the Tommy John surgery, we've gotten pretty good at, at, at Tommy John surgery. We've gotten pretty good at getting guys back, but it's still not a guarantee. And so uh, where he ends up, he's somewhere in, I've seen him everywhere from about 15 to 25 on boards. Where he ends up probably depends on what he looks like in the spring if he either comes back for competition or comes back and throws bullpens kind of like Peyton Pallette did last year before getting drafted. In just a minute, I want to get to some of the highly touted prep prospects in this draft. But first, today's episode is brought to you by the National Highway Transportation Safety Administration. And just imagine you're hanging out with some friends and you're putting back a few drinks, and a few become a few too many. As the evening comes to an end and people start to head out, you think of calling for a ride, but no, you live nearby. You can make it home. It's not a big deal. What are the odds that you're going to get pulled over? And if you do, What's the worst that could happen? Your insurance go up? You lose your license? You total your car? You lose your job? Kill somebody? Everyone knows about the risks of driving drunk, and the results are tragic and often deadly, but that still doesn't stop everyone from getting behind the wheel while they're under the influence. That's why police officers are out there right now looking for impaired drivers on our roads to save lives. If you think you're okay to drive after a few drinks, think again. Play it safe and plan ahead to get a ride. It only takes one mistake to change your life or someone else's forever. Drive sober or get pulled over. Okay, uh, so talking about some of the highly touted prepsters in this draft, full disclosure, I'm not the best with the high school draft prospects. There's only so many players I can keep track of, and so 
Your first rounders, I've got you. We can kind of get that. After the first round, I'd struggle a little bit keeping up with some of these guys. But uh, outfielder Max Clark is probably the most prominent high school hitter in this class. Franklin Community High School in Indiana. He's committed to Vanderbilt right now. And he's seen as having four different plus tools. So should stick in center field. He's got 70 speed uh, and and above average arm. He's pitched a little bit. And when he's pitched, his, he's gotten the ball up to about 97 or so. So the arm definitely is going to play in center field. Uh, very good reads and rounds and reactions to go along with that. So he feels pretty sure like this is going to be a center fielder going forward. He's not going to have to move. Offensively, one of the better hitters as far as feel for the strike zone and and, and swing probably 65 or 70 grade as a hitter. Uh, he is a line drive machine. Doesn't hit a ton of home runs. Hasn't so far on the, the, the prep circuit. But power starting to develop. I think he's going to cap out at somebody who's a 20 to maybe 25 home run guy. So not a ton of power right now. But again, he is still a teenager. Uh, there is a question amongst some people here as far as where the where the physical development can go. He's six one one ninety. Uh, he's already done a lot of that physical development, and so there's a question about how much is left in the frame. Uh, so you better hope that he develops the power that he currently, like the the raw power that he has, and he translates that into game power because you may not be able to significantly increase the amount of raw power that he has given the physical development's mostly done. Another hitter, the other top outfield prepster, Walker Jenkins of South Brunswick High School in North Carolina, commit to, to the University of North Carolina, which if you think about it, totally makes sense. Uh, 63205, he is a guy a little bit different in Clark in that he's got power to all fields. Uh, he's considered to have more to the pool side and be a better power hitter to the pool side, but somebody who can hit the ball to all fields with power to all fields. He should hit for average and power both. Um, has plus arm, but he's only an average runner. He's got decent reads, routes, reactions, so there's a belief he could stick in center, but you may end up having him as one of your physical, you know, your slugging corner outfield types as he gets older. There are some questions about where the speed is going to end up since he is only an average runner right now. Uh, again, at 63205. As well as he's had a bunch of little different injuries during his time in, 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 in high school. He had a hip issue. He had a hamstring issue, a broken hammock bone. He's had a lot of different things. And so there's a couple teams that feel like they haven't necessarily had a a complete scouting picture of him because of the time that he's missed. Uh, two of the prominent infielders in this class. The first one is third baseman Aiden Miller of J.W. Mitchell High School in Florida. Uh, committed to Arkansas right now, and it's seen as one of the more physically imposing, you know, 62210, one of the more physically imposing power profiles in this class. Uh, already does pretty good against high velocity because he's been on the, the top amateur circuit so far. He's already getting that power into games. The arm is really good. He's pitched as well, hit the 
in the low 90s, but the frame is a little bit thick. Uh, he's muscular, but it's something where he's already moved from shortstop to third base as a prep. And so there's a question of, I mean, like it, it, it's a perfect profile for third base as far as raw power, uh, in-game power, bat speed, good defense, perfect third base uh, profile already. But there's a question about would he have to move to either a corner outfield or to first base as he continues to age and possibly slows down a bit. So something to watch there and probably the reason he's not a top three pick as of now. But granted, we do have a full spring showcase circuit and high school season to go still. And then the fourth guy, shortstop Kevin McGonigal, Monsignor Bonner High School in Pennsylvania. Uh, commit to Auburn, 5'11", 185, probably the best pure hitter of all of the prep hitters in this class. Uh, he's hit everywhere, one of those smaller, twitchier kind of guys, but he's made it work in every showcase, uh, every every combine, everything that he's done, he's been able to hit and hit well. Uh, he can put balls out full side, you know, right field fence and things like that, but he's not necessarily, that's not his game. He's just advanced approach to the plate, shoot line drives all over the field. Defensively, his range is average, maybe above average. His arm is considered average. And so there is a question about, because of the arm and the speed, does he have to eventually move into second base? Although with that kind of twitchy, you know, quick reactions that he has, he's making it work at shortstop so far. Uh, again, committed to Auburn, you know, but considered to be one of the top four or five prepsers in this class. This upcoming season is going to go pretty far as far as figuring out uh, are MLB teams comfortable taking him high, knowing he may have to move into second base, or is it something where they want him to go to college and continue to develop there? A fantastic week this week. Uh, thank you for making Locked On MLB Prospects your first listen. For your second listen, make Locked On Sports Today that second listen. Peter Bukowski brings you the biggest stories from around the sports world in 20 minutes. You can get the analysis and opinions before anybody else with our local and national experts and insiders. The Locked On Sports Today podcast is available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. And you will hear in this feed tomorrow, you will hear the Locked On Sports Today year end recap. 2022 recap where they go over all of the biggest stories of 2022. Again, hosted by Peter Bukowski on this feed. We will be back next Monday. After the holiday, we have our New Year's resolutions for all 30 teams, as well as some of the, the impact rookies for each team coming next week on Monday through Wednesday. Until then, this has been Locked on MLB Prospects.